Cool. Today we're going to talk about optimizing your scanner for multiple sites in a trunk system. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about setting up your scanner and optimizing it for typical scan lists, but today we're going to dive into this topic a little bit deeper. So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. The session notes from today's podcast session can be found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 222. So what's been going on around the shack this week? Well, let me give you a brief update as to what it is I am doing with the scanner radio hobby before we dive into this week's content. Well, if you haven't yet jumped on a TikTok, I mean, I am definitely late to the game, but I have been posting over there because I want to show what's been going on behind the scenes on a different platform. See, YouTube is good for, I think, long content and, and well-polished and videos that are ready to go. And that's to me, that's a, that's a stumbling area. <laughs> so Instagram is great for pictures and Twitter is great for what's on your mind. TikTok, I think, is really awesome when it comes to just being creative and just showing something really quickly as to what's going on. So I've been playing around over on TikTok quite a bit this week and uh, finally just crossed over as of today, a thousand followers. So for everybody who might be following me over there, thank you very much for your support. And if you'd like to follow us over there, again, go to scannerschool.com slash TikTok. Now, what kind of things have I been posting over there? Well, recently, I just showed you my brand new scanner that I received in the mail this past week, which is a GRE PSR 800. Now, I picked one of these up on a secondhand market. I got it in the classified section at the radio reference. And this was one of those radios that, you know, I kind of wanted, didn't didn't really need at all. But it's it's one of these that I just, I don't know, I, w- I was drawn to. It's a weird weird scanner. It's, if you're not familiar with it, it kind of looks like um, the it's, it's a hybrid. It, it, it's kind of like the early iPod looking type of scanner that just basically had an up, down, left, right, and then the circle keys around it and a full keypad, right? So there's no keypad on this one basically, but it's a smaller version of the up, down, left, right. It's got a couple extra keys on it, but it's not a full-blown keyboard like a TRX2. It's a predecessor to the TRX1, TRX2. So I picked it up. It still has to go back to Whistler to go through these, uh, the Whistler official upgrade program that will allow me to then use EasyScan to program the scanner up. So the whole process I'm going to document and throw online is, uh, first of all, I did an unboxing. So that video is up there now. But the whole process of basically getting the scanner uh, ready to go back out to Whistler, what it looked like before, packaging it up, getting it out, getting it back. And then explaining how long it actually took for me to get the scanner back. And then what the scanner looks like after the fact that I get it back from Whistler. So, again, that video is in progress because I haven't yet even opened up the ticket for Whistler as I'm recording this. But it's definitely on the to-do list. So, 
And again, today I just had a video that's uh, really skyrocketing up there. I don't want to jinx that at all, but knock on wood, it's doing pretty well. So if you haven't followed us over there again, go ahead and check us out there as well. And we'll be able to do lives now, too, that we hit over a 1,000. So maybe we'll see some extra behind the scenes over on that uh, channel as well. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Denny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Barra, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendi, and William Arcand. So again, two weeks ago, we were talking about optimizing your scan list in your scanner. And I was listening to that podcast episode before I went ahead and published it. And I thought, you know, I like to talk about this too. And of course, at that point, it's too late to really add anything in it because the podcast is already getting ready to go out the door. It's too late to re-edit it, send it back to the editor, get it back, get it published and add all this in there. But the great thing about having a podcast is I can always come back in later, make more content and elaborate more into it without making one podcast episode that's really too long, making one or two that are shorter and easier to digest and understand and even categorize so you guys can go back and listen to one that you're specifically looking for. So in that podcast episode, we talked about how to optimize your scanner, how to optimize your scan list and how to how to th- figure things out so you're not spending too much time bouncing in and out of trunk systems or setting sitting too much time on sites. And this is really what I want to elaborate on, right? Listening to sites on your scanner and how to set up sites on the scanner because this can be a little difficult to understand sometimes too. So we're going to break this down into two halves here. We're going to break this down into a unit inside and then we're going to break it down into a Whistler GRE Radio Shack side, right? We're going to just bundle all three of those providers over together because those scanners are pretty much the same. And I also want to talk about Radio Shack or GRE or Whistler last because I think they've got a very unique way of solving this problem. And if it works, it's unbelievable the way it works. But I'm also reading it doesn't work well. I'm not going to comment on it because I can't really 
verify that it doesn't work well because I haven't honestly played around with it enough because I don't have enough sites in my area or systems in my area that have multiple sites. So we're getting a new one really soon. And unfortunately, it's a P25 phase two system, which again, the Whistler products don't like. So it's really one of these situations that I'm not really able to verify this, but we'll go through what people are finding online. And I'm going to allow you to comment in our Discord server on what it is that you might be finding here. So, and, and this, you know, again, it's a good example on how there isn't really one perfect manufacturer, right? There's two camps out there. Maybe there's even a third camp now that's just going sulfur-defined radio. Maybe we'll just say there are three camps, right? But the two camps, the two primary camps, Whistler and Uteden, right? You guys know how it is. Ford, Chevy, right? Whatever, whatever you want to call it. Pepsi, Coke, whatever. It's interesting just to see, though, like, again, there's no perfect manufacturer. Each one's going to have its pros and cons. Each one's going to look a bit different. Each one's going to operate differently. And this this option here, I've, I've seen it in Whistler or GRE products going way back to the original object-oriented scanning days. I'm not sure if it actually showed up prior to that. Say, for example, the Pro 164, 163 days. I have to go back in software. I believe the solution, though, was back even that far. But again, we're going to talk about modern technology here. So again, before we talk about Whistler, let's go over Uniden, right? And let's go over again, before we even talk about Uniden, let's clarify what a site is on a trunk system. Now, we have to remember that a site, as defined, right, in a dictionary is a, is a typical location, right? It's, it's, a, it's a location. Well, when we talk about trunk radio, a site may not be one specific location or one particular transmitter site, right? It may be a tower, one tower, one transmitter location, or it could be a collection of transmitter locations networked together, either via a hardwired link between them or a microwave link between them. And these networked transmitters would be defined as a site if they all key up at the same time. And this is when we start talking about simulcasts because we have multiple transmitter locations acting as a large site, again, all keying up at the exact same time. Now, again, very important. When we go to radio reference and we go to the trunk system and we may see this four sites there, there might be for defined networks of transmitter locations, not specific transmitters acting as a singular site. The best way to do this, though, is to click on the actual site name and rate of reference, click on the license on the next page that shows up, and it will show you all of the transmitter locations for that license. So when we program our scanners, though, every single trunk system that we install in our scanners must have at least one site and inside the site we insert our frequencies it's the bare bone building block we need to have system then site then we can either put in a wildcard or an id search or our talk groups okay so let's talk about again uniden dma or the dynamic memory allocation scanners you're going to add a system you're going to add at least one site and you'll add some groups now, in our DMA programming, we can assign quick keys only to sites. You can assign a quick key to a system. 
So if we had a system named Anytown TRS, and we had a site called Any Site, then we could toggle off that system because we only have one site in there by using the quick key that's associated to Any Site. All right. Now, if we had three sites defined, such as Any Site, North, South, and South Site in our programming, we could set this up different ways. We can assign all three sites in the system the same quick key, effectively toggling that system off and on with a push of a single button. We can assign each and every site their own quick key. And this way, we can independently toggle any site, north, south, and site, south site with three keys. Now, remember, each site is still rooted to the parent trunk system, and they all share the same talk groups. The third way, again, is to combine multiple sites on a single key and also maybe leave other sites to a secondary key or move one site to a secondary key. For example, we can have any site on key one and then north site and south site on key two. Effectively, now we can use the scanner's keypad to toggle sites off and on. Again, still sharing the same talk groups because they're part of the same parent system. As far as the scanner is concerned here, it's not doing anything different than it would have if they were all in the same quick key because the scanner is still going to enter the site, see if there's any trunks, uh, talk groups on there in your scan list. It's going to then go to the next site, do the same thing, then go to the next site, and again, find the talk groups that you're looking for. Then it will either go back to the original site, if that's the only thing in your scan list, or move on to the next group or, or, or next, next scan list that you have set up. What the ability to add sites to multiple quick keys allows us to do, again, is to be able to toggle sites off and on and maybe make the scanner more efficient if we don't have to sit there and sit on a particular site if we don't need to monitor it. Now, let's look at the unit in Home Patrol. The unit in Home Patrol is a little bit different because we have different ways of setting up and configuring our scanner. We use favorites lists in the Home Patrol. We also use system quick keys, and then we can also use site and department quick keys. Now, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. I'm going to read a paragraph or a couple paragraphs from Mark's Scanners. If you haven't checked out Mark's Scanners, he's got a great resource online on all the manuals basically rewritten so you can understand them in plain English. Now, for Mark Scanners, he writes, Favorites list quick keys. These are the FLQKs. Favorite list quick keys are used to enable or disable a favorite list for scannings. They are just like the number of keys on the scanner, but once assigned to a favorites list, they become the quick keys. Your favorites list holds your systems that may also have system quick keys assigned to those systems. Selecting a favorites list will enable all unavoided systems that you have in your list for scanning. Favorite list quick keys can only be assigned once to any favorites list. If you don't assign a quick key to that list, it will always be enabled. There are 100 favorite list quick keys, 099, that you can use for your favorites list. System quick keys, or SQKs. System quick keys are used to enable or disable conventional and trunking systems for scanning. You can assign any quick key to any one or more systems or program one or more systems with no quick key assigned, and it will always be scanned unless you avoid it. There are also 100 system quick keys, 0 to 99, 
for use in your systems. Now, if that wasn't confusing enough, let's go to department and site quick keys. You now have 100 department or site quick keys to assign your sites or departments within your systems. You can assign any quick key to one or more department or sites or program one or more department or sites with no quick keys assigned that will always be scanned unless you avoid it. If you're going to be using some sort of departments for some sites, you may want to do something like start numbering your sites at 50 so you don't mix them up with departments. Here's his advice. Here's Mark's advice. Assigning a quick key to a favorites list is a good idea, but don't go overboard assigning quick keys to all your or your systems, all departments, or all sites if you don't need to. Only assign quick keys to what you have and what you want to turn off or on. If you're always going to scan a department or site, leave it to the default with no quick key, which will always enable it to scan. Using locations along with location control can also turn departments or sites on and off. If you are still bent on shutting stuff off and on, try creating a favorites list for some site for some stuff and others stuff off. There's plenty of room on the SD card. To sum it up, don't make quick keys any more complicated than you have to be. And I am going to echo that last statement. Do not make quick keys any more complicated than they have to be. My advice and the way I set up my scanners is I don't use quick keys on favorites lists. I prefer to use the on-screen guide to toggle lists off and on. In other words, I go into menu, set scan selection, and then scroll through basically and toggle lists off and on that way. I find that when you have too many keys and too many of options available to you, it's too easy to toggle things off and on and miss things because you are so now lost in a map of channels. It becomes too hard to navigate and use the scanner. So in summary, you can use system quick keys or department quick keys to turn the sites off and on as you would have on a DMA scanner. That's acceptable. That's a way of doing it. But don't start going nuts mapping out quick keys. And again, too, if pick one and stick with it. If you're going to use the GUI, don't start using quick keys on top of it because you can start unlocking one way and locking another way, and you have to unlock in both sides. It becomes a real nightmare. So we're only talking right now DMA and Home Patrol. We haven't really talked about the old school way. We're going to leave those alone because those are old. And I think by this point, a lot of us have moved on. But just to summarize the old way of doing it, when you had locked banks to channels, I have played around with a theory that if you want to put in multiple sites into a scan list, what you would do is you would put in your trunk radio frequencies, put a couple spaces in there, and then put the rest of the sites in that same bank. The theory behind that is... As soon as the scanner leaves that site, it's going to go back into scan mode. It's going to find the next site in the scan list and then do it again and then again and again. So I haven't played around with it, but in theory, that is the way of getting the old scanners that have set number of memory channels per bank to scan multiple sites. All right. We've talked Uniden. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk Whistler, GRE, and Radio Shack. And as a reminder, anybody who's a Patreon supporter at the $3 a month level doesn't get this break. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon to support us on a month-to-month basis. We'll be right back. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. 
Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out ScannerSchool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, ScannerSchool.com support. Are you looking to learn more about the Scanner Radio Hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swissome and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell Pogsac and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swissome, and Unication dealer serving the North American market, and of course is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. All right, let's talk about Whistler GRE Rear Shack object-oriented scanning. So this one is very interesting. Again, very unique twist on a or a solution to a problem. So we're going to listen or, or or go through this one a little bit differently. So, yes, we have scanless again in Whistler, right? They're not called banks or favorites lists. They are called scanless. And what's really cool about scanless is that we can define multiple or talk groups or conventional frequencies to multiple scanless. It makes programming is a lot easier. So if we had, say, fire dispatch, we could assign it or, or define it once in the scanner and then say, I want this to be on scanless one, two, and three just by selecting those scan lists with that talk group or that frequency. 
it makes programming a lot easier on us because we just got to do things once. However, talk groups can only be defined on one trunk system. So if you wanted to configure a trunk system with multiple different site configurations, we effectively need to create multiple trunk systems and then multiple sets of talk groups. So this is where it gets really hairy in the whistler side. Now, out of the book, if, you, if, you, if you're not creating multiple scenarios with sites, you're golden because there's some under-the-hood configuration that we can talk about later on that would eliminate the need to have to do this. But we'll find out this doesn't always work the way we expect. So to summarize again, if you want to, to configure your scanner from multiple system setups, you need to put this, the, the talk groups in multiple times. Let's go back to our example from the first half of the, of the podcast. We had any town trunk system. We would define all of our talk groups to the any town trunk system, and we would have at least one site on that system. Now, if you wanted to have access to the any site on the any had trunk system, we would just program in the one site, right? It, it's easy. It's a piece of cake, business as usual for any scanner. But if we wanted to have also a north and a south site, this is where we end up with duplicates or triplicates or infinite number of, <laughs> of, of multiples of this. See, we can only assign talk groups, again, we can only assign talk groups to a single system. So if we wanted another system that included all three sites, we'd have to duplicate the system and then define the sites to them. The workaround to this, which is very cool with, with, with Whistler, they stole from GRE, basically, and it was also copied to Radio Shack, is the way that they tried to enable or disable sites on a trunk system. And if you don't set this up correctly, you can either miss transmissions or not scan the sites you're expecting to monitor. Now, the trunk system's advanced settings in the scanner, we have three options when it comes to monitoring sites on a system. We have stationary which means it scans all of the control channels being received, basically transmits or translates rather into receive all of the control channels for that trunk system. Roaming or roam means that it scans all the control channels being received, selects and stays on the best control channel that it decodes based on a quality standpoint and only rescans if reception is lost or falls below the data decode threshold. The third option is called off, and that basically stops on the very first decoded control channel and does not move to another control channel at all until it basically loses the signal. Now, according to the Radio Reference Wiki, there is a problem with the Radio Shack Pro 107, Pro 18, Pro 668, the GRE PSR 700, and the PSR 800. And again, I just got one of those. And also the Whistler WS-1080, 1088, TRX-1, TRX-2, 1095, and 1098, where the scanner does not recognize the stationary setting and acts as though it is in Rome. So one of the things that I really need to figure out now is how my Radio Shack or my Whistler 1065, my Radio Shack 106 performs on stationary if I can find a system close by that does have multiple sites, and how my TRX-1 would play around with that as well. It's a little hard to tell because you don't really get all the information off of the scanner's display. 
you'd really have to figure out what sites are carrying different talk groups and then finding out if you're actually receiving those other talk groups that you expect to get only on one site or the other. It's a little bit of a pain in the neck to figure if you don't have a setup that supports multiple or, or single talk groups on other sites. So how do we work around all this? Well, the wiki continues to say that the object-oriented scanners only scan multi-site systems using the ROAM method. Once an acceptable site is located, the scanner stays on that site and only looks for another site if reception is lost. And in many cases, as we just said, this causes a great deal of radio traffic on nearby towers to be missed. So this is where you'd have to go into your what we were saying earlier and build systems, copy them out, and then recreate the, the site. So you'd have to, say, build a system and call it any town, and then build a system and call it north, and build a system and call it south. Or you may have to do, you know, like the, my neighboring county, they do all the police on 700 and fire on, I'm sorry, they do all the police on 800 and the fire on 700, which means you would have to set up that system to do 700 and 800 as different lists. So it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, especially when you expect the scanner to go between sites. And that's a problem especially in my neighboring county, where you may never hear the fire or the police if the scanner gets locked up on a particular tower or site, in quotation marks here, that it shouldn't be on or should be bouncing off and on to. So that's where there's a problem. The second issue is we have to make sure that we set up our advanced settings in our scanners for a threshold high and threshold low. And this is one of the coolest things that GRE and Whistler has in their scanners. Something that would be awesome if we can carry it over to other manufacturers or software, but this is where we can tell the scanner what the high threshold is on quality and the low threshold is on quality. So if we want to tell the scanner that if we are receiving at a quality level of X, Stay on this site and don't move. We're good enough to stay. And if we drop below a threshold of Y, then go find another site. Now, the trick here is to have a bit of hysteresis between the low and the high so that you're not constantly bouncing back and forth. Maybe you want to leave maybe a quality threshold of 20 between them so that you've got this little window of opportunity between where you say that the site is good and it's not bad. Okay? So... The default for a thresh high is 95. That means once we hit 95, that site is, is as good as it's going to get in our book. Never leave. And the thresh low, which is where we want to start and look for a new site, is 75. That's when we're starting to drop lots of packets. We're not getting a good decode on it. Let's go find a new site to listen on. That little space in the middle, that's the hysteresis between 75 and 95. That's when the scanner is saying, I'm not too low and I'm not too high, right? So as you can see, both Uniden and Whistler have both very different and similar ways of setting up their scanners when it comes to multiple site trunking. What do you use when it comes to multiple site trunking? I would love to know. Please, let's discuss this in our Discord. Let's learn and share from each other as to what we are all doing when it comes to programming our scanners. You can go to scannerschool.com slash Discord to join the conversation. If you're listening to us over on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Let me know. If you're listening to this over on the website, again, you can leave a comment on the website 
or send me a tweet and let me know what you think about what it is that you do and how you've set your scanners. Now, in two weeks, we're going to go live again over on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, maybe TikTok if we can get the keys for the uh, for the castle over there. But we'll be live answering your questions. Now, if you want to submit a question for that podcast episode, you can go to scannerschool.com slash ask, or I would prefer it if you would leave it in your own voice by going to 516-308-2885. Call that from your phone. Again, 516-308-2885. Or you can leave us a SpeakPipe link, again, using your voice on any device with a microphone. So with that, again, we'd love to know your feedback on how you set up your scanners for multiple sites. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. And again, if you think that somebody else would benefit from this podcast episode, please share that episode with them so that they can hear the hints and tricks in here as well. We'll talk again next week, 73.